breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
Hey. Ladies and gents, turn up your sound system to the sound of Carlos Santana. Hey. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Okay, come on, boys. Stephen Wagusback is joining us after seven o'clock, about seven ten, running for governor. So just want to stick around for that. It'd be good. Uh, I sent you something this morning that just okay. Makes yeah, me crazy. this this. I won't say disturbing. Yeah, yeah. But but kind of is. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. creepy. I don't it, know. It is creepy. It it, it when is. When you creepy. were a kid, Tooth Fairy, obviously. Absolutely. Our parents lied to us from <laughs> from. Well, I mean, you know, Tooth Fairy. I know. There's a there's a fairy that comes in through your window and there is money. there is and and there's a big fat man that comes every year and there is. <laughs> She gave, she just gave me a dirty look. What are you doing? Have you lost your dang mind? No, I'm just saying. I, if you don't believe, they don't come. Now, when we were, we got a dime. I mean, the Tooth Fairy, you know, really? in the 60s. Yeah. And a quarter. I think we may have moved, bumped to a quarter at some point. It's like, do you know it's like 10 bucks now? See, that's absurd. That's ridiculous. I think some, are, some Tooth Fairies give 20s. Maybe a dollar. I'd leave a dollar. A twenty. A Shut 20. up. Twenty. What is a three, four-year-old going to do with a twenty? Oh, they'll find a way. Well, I guess they'll so. find a way. They, they'll go on their phone and order something on Amazon. I get this message from, I'm not sure where it was on Facebook or something, about people are now doing things with their children's teeth that are disturbing. They're making them into rings. The tooth is the setting, like the diamond. Right. It, it's not a diamond. It's a molar or something. It's a molar in your ring. <sighs> They're making necklaces that have the teeth of your children. I'm not for this. <laughs> I vote no, against this. It's kind of disturbing. It's creepy. When, when you sent me the picture, it was just like, it looks like something out of a, a Tarzan movie that you yeah, run across yes. and, you know, that the, that's what they'd be wearing. One of these ladies has a big molar that looks like it's even got the roots on it <sighs> for earrings. <laughs> they're long teeth. And they're, they're so made the, into earrings. Now, are we sure that they're the children's teeth or are they just like... It, it, it doesn't Their even say teeth? that. It because says loved one. Yeah, these look like adult teeth. They do look like adult teeth. Oh, that necklace. I'm thinking, did you go in and get mom's teeth out after she because, died? Oh, don't, don't. Are you serious? No, no we don't want that. <sighs> I vote against this. No. I'm against I this on even. all fronts. It's awful. I can't even. Ugh. Stephen Wagusback going to join us <sighs> just after local news. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. 
On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, the candidate for governor, former president of lobby, Stephen Wagesback. Stephen, good morning, sir. Good morning. How y'all doing today? We are, uh, well, we're hanging in. Thank mm-hmm. goodness it's Friday. Ruben's gone, so yeah. Wags, you, you have <laughs> an, Ruben, you've announced Ruben. you're you're running for governor. You're actually knocking on doors. Um, why did you make the decision? You got a pretty good gig at lobby. Um, pretty powerful dude in the state. Why run for governor? Why jump into politics? You know, look, it's a great question. Look, I, it's obvious I'm not a career politician. I've never run for anything before, and so. But, you know, my wife and I have been receiving inquiries for a long time. And, you know, in, in recent weeks, it's really ramped up. And, you know, it, it forced us to pause and reflect and really pray and think about it. And, you know, it forced me to look in the mirror and ask a question and, and ask me, you know, what I stand for and, and why I've done the things I've done. It, it made me realize I, everything I've done throughout my career is to try to help Louisiana reach its potential. And I just saw the opportunity at hand. I, I recognized how important this election cycle is this year, and I really felt like um, I was called to kind of bring my voice to this discussion, to bring a voice that is that the conservative who wants to find solutions to problems. And I'm not really interested in just sitting on the sidelines and, and throwing zingers. I'm really interested in bringing people together, you know, rallying around conservative values and bringing solutions because, you know, Louisiana has tremendous opportunity, but we've also avoided some serious things over the years. And, you know, I'm ready for us all to get together, confront where we're, where our shortcomings are, and build bridges to a, to a brighter future and get it done. And so we're excited. Uh, we started at the ground running uh, yesterday, and uh, we're not going to stop until October. Now, you uh, you were president of Lobby for years, well-known in that, you know, in that area. But across statewide, how is your name recognition, uh, you know, and, and what are you going to do to uh, to increase that? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's obviously the million-dollar question, um, and that's that's up to me and our and our team. And I, I could tell you, if, if the initial response I'm hearing is into indication, there, there's a there's a movement that's starting. I mean, we're blown away with the increase from across the state of people who just really relieved that there's a there's a voice in the race that they think they can believe in. So I think we're going to have a good message that resonates with people. But you know, the other side of that is, I think most people right now they're not they're not worrying about politics right now. They're living their lives. They're driving carpool. They're hanging out at the kitchen table trying to figure out how they're going to deal with this crazy economy we're in. And so they're not really paying attention yet. They're, they're worried about real-life issues. And so um, I'm going to be going around the state. Um, you won't see me just sitting behind a desk. I will be in a car, on the streets, uh, at the cafe, shaking hands. And, you know, I can't wait not just to sell my message to the voters, but also listen to the voters. I want to hear what are the real issues in each region? Um, I have a good feel for them, but you get a better feel once you talk to people on the ground. So I can't wait to do that. You talked about uh, a minute ago things we have avoided, uh, Louisiana's shortcomings. What's on your list? What are Louisiana's biggest shortcomings? I think one of the biggest things that, I, that I've realized is if you look at what's going on in the South right now, the South is in a renaissance, an economic renaissance. I mean, it's booming. States like Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, North Carolina, they are gobbling up jobs and families from states like California and New York and Illinois, because post-COVID, people are leaving those crazy states, and they're moving south, and our neighbors are picking up a lot of population and growth. We're going backwards, unfortunately. And so when you kind of crack the code on what those states are doing, it's pretty simple. They just do a better job at certain things like keeping their community safe and tackling crime, and they do better things like educating kids, not just for four-year degrees, but also for two-year degrees careers and straight to the career workforce and they really use their high schools as a launch pad for those kids to go be productive citizens so you know if we do just some of the simple things the blocking and tackling 
if we really turn our education system into a career launch pathway for our for our kids, if we you know really double down on fighting crime and getting our community safe, and yes, if we look at our tax code and try to find ways to reduce that income tax even more and to make us more competitive, I think those are the simple things we can do. And all of a sudden, we're competitive in the South. And, oh, by the way, we're doing the things that we've been needing to do for a long time. So there's a lot of uh, parallels right now on what's good for, for growth and what's good just for uh, protecting what we have. We're talking with Stephen Wagesback, former president of Lobby, uh, candidate for governor now. There's a lot of discussion about eliminating the state income tax. Where do you sit on that, and how do you replace that revenue? Well, I think it's a good goal to have, and I do think we have to march towards that goal. The question is, how do you get there? And you, you, you know, how do you replace the revenue? And look, the best way to do that is to replace it with economic growth. If we can do the things that attract new industries, if we can improve our school systems and bring in new employers, that's going to raise the total tax base, which allows us to reduce income taxes on the backside. The other piece is you have to look at all these exemptions and credits that we have in the code, and any of those that aren't working or aren't you know helping families or small business you got to take a hard look as to whether that's the best use of our dollars. And if not, maybe we should eliminate some of those and reduce the income tax rates with it. So I think if we look at, if we double down on economic growth and try to, you know, you know, broaden the pool and do a real hard scrub on those exemptions and credits, you can lower that rate pretty good. And I think over time, our economy will continue to grow. You can continue to squeeze that, that rate, and eventually we can get down to that zero and near zero. And so if we do it responsibly, I absolutely think it's doable. Let me ask you this, uh, and, and, and Wags, we go back a long way. You served in the Jindal administration. Um, mm -hmm. People have accused Bobby Jindal of all kinds of fiscal irresponsibility in his last term, of raiding all kinds of funds and creating the fiscal cliff that this current governor says he had to deal with. Um, do you agree? Did, did Jindal do anything wrong with regard to Louisiana's budget in his last term, in your view? And look, you know, obviously I'm very proud of my service and I'm proud of the team I worked with there. And as you know, Aaron, I was a, I was a staffer in the first term and I stepped down early in the second term. And so you, you know my career as well as anyone. But look, I would say those were challenging times. If you remember, the oil uh, was crashed, the uh, Great Recession kicked in, and the Katrina Rita recovery money went away. And it was a pretty traumatic time budget-wise in the state. And, you know, that administration made a decision, and I was in it. The decision was going to focus on three core things. We're going to do everything we can to cut taxes to create jobs and kill corruption. And that became the three-legged stool that everything ran through. And so um, that was the analysis that was put there. But look, I know there's going to be a lot of time to go through the, the record, and I look forward to doing all that. But I'm laser-focused on what's going on in the future and how we can build the Louisiana that, quite frankly, we all deserve. We're talking with Stephen Wagesback. Can you hold on for another segment for us? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We'll be back right after the break. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Joining us gubernatorial candidate Stephen Wagesback. Steve uh, Wags, let me ask you this. There are going to be folks that are going to say, you know, you've been with Lobby, so you're going to be the big business guy and you won't care about the little guy. How do you answer that? Well, I think it's a ridiculous assertion that folks are going to try to criticize someone running for governor who has spent the last 10 years going around the state 
visiting with job creators and listening to their concerns and trying and knows how to make them expand their business and create more jobs. And look, let's be honest. Let's talk about lobby for a second. Eighty percent of that membership is small business, and so most of our members have you know have that perspective. So look, yeah, it's true. I have a really good feel on the needs of the business community and what it takes to get them to grow and expand their footprint here in Louisiana. And anyone wants to criticize a governor candidate for knowing how to grow the economy, I think they should check themselves on, on what their priorities for, what they're looking for in a governor. All the Republicans... Look, Aaron, 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 let me answer that. I, th- I think another thing I found is that people don't realize the needs of business are really the same needs of families. What businesses are asking for are people that are trained and educated for the workforce. What businesses are asking for is a low, flat, fair tax code that is easy to understand. What businesses are looking for is infrastructure that they can rely on to move their products. That is the same thing that Louisiana families want. And so this this divide of business versus individuals or whatever, the best experience I got from my 10 years at Lobby was there's not that much difference from individuals and business of what they need in Louisiana. So, look, I'm running to kind of bring everyone together. And I think what we're going to find out, if you get the right person in charge who knows how to, how to bring folks together, what we're all going to realize is we spent a lot of time talking about what divides us. And the truth is we got way more stuff in common than any of us ever wanted to realize. Big problem in our community in New Orleans, in Baton Rouge, all across the state is crime. Can our governor do better? What does Governor Wagaspak do to address crime across Louisiana? Yeah, I, th- I think it is a huge issue. We've got to fix it. We've got to fix it now. And, you know, the thing that you first got to do is you got to bring in law enforcement, you got to bring in the judiciary, you got to bring in the prosecutors, and ask them, like, hey, you're on the front lines, you're the tip of the spear, what is the challenge? Because those are all people working their tail off, it's just not working. And so we got to figure that out. But I'll tell you what my guess is what we're going to hear. My guess is we're going to hear there's two things we got to do better. One, the people that need to be punished, we got to do a better job of punishing them. we got to make sure that we put them away, we catch them. If you talk to every person in law enforcement, they'll pretty much tell you, like, look, we know the hundred people in every community cause all the problems. We just can't, we can't, we can't put them away. Well, we got to figure out what's holding that back and do a better job punishing those folks. But the other side of the equation is there are some folks who need to be reformed. There are some folks uh, on the on the low end of the scale that we got to do a better job of either drug treatment or mental health or skills training. And so those are the folks that need to be reformed. So you got to isolate the the problem. The po- the folks that need to be punished, we need to do a better job punishing them. And the folks that need to be reformed we got to do a better job of reforming them and putting them into being productive members of society. The last thing I would say, as we hear from a lot of the DAs we talk to, is truancy. you got too many kids, and we call them kids, but quite frankly, they're, they're young adults that are skipping school, and, and, they're, and, and when they're not in school, they're out you know, causing trouble. So we also have to crack down on truancy and make sure that we know where all these kids are during the day because you hear from a lot of DAs that that's part of the problem they're running, uh, running across. Well, you, you mentioned we have to punish those that deserve to be punished. Do you roll back justice reinvestment? I think justice reinvestment on the reform side is what is needs to be take a look at and, and improved upon. Some of that training and mental health for those that are uh, low-level offenders or those that are, are, are need to be, we know we're going to come back in society, they do a better job of getting them ready to not go back into a life of crime. But on the on the, those that are crime or violence, or those that we know are going to cause serious problems, look, we need to do a better job punishing those folks and keeping them away. That is the name of the game. And so, yeah, we need to look at any law that is stopping law enforcement from putting away the folks that we know are going to cause problems. This this revolving door of the same folks coming out and causing all the problems must be stopped. 
One one more thing. This budget, when this governor took over, was $29 billion. It's now upwards of 45, closing in on $50 billion during a time when we have lost residents. What is Governor Wagesback going to do to tighten the belt? Give me some examples of where we we can roll our budget, but we're spending way too much money and keep growing government every year. It is it is an unsustainable level of growth, and there's a couple of things that are happening right now. First of all, the enhanced Medicaid um, that that came through the disaster Medicaid that came through after COVID. You know, states are being asked to roll that back, and that needs to happen with fidelity. Now, right now, you have folks on, on the on the rolls that, quite frankly, the program's not going to support anymore. And so the governor has to do a lot to make sure that we know who those folks are and that those, those are identified. Also, you have all these, you know, little bureaucracies and fiefdoms within governor, the boards and commissions that, you know, control so much of our lives and regulate so much of our of our actions. Many of those I think we could do away with. Other states don't have those things. What they have is a free market where people can, you know, start a business if they want. They can move around freely if they want. Here we have so many little bureaucracies that have been created, and then they build up budgets to defend that. And so, look, if, if you have a, an agency that is critical for services, for health, for education, for safety, hey, I'm in. If you have, a, if you have an agency right now that's a luxury, that has a little bureaucracy that was formed just to kind of have an entity to govern, we need to do away with those. And I think that will be some savings there. So those are a couple of them. But the last one is the most important one. You need a governor that knows how to grow an economy. Thanks. Because the best way to stop uh, unnecessary spending is to grow the economy, which creates more dollars in the free market, in the in the market out there where people live. And that, so look, I'm, I'm running to grow the economy, create more taxpayers, and that's the best way to get out of this spiral we've been well, in. Well, that's today. my next question, uh, Stephen Wagesback. How do we economic development is critical we've got an outward migration in the state if we could get companies hiring how do you make louisiana easier and better to do business in you know that's the funny thing back in the day everyone talked about you know incentive programs and credits and all those things that you'd have to go and kind of build the economy the truth is today the number one incentive out there is people if you can go to any company in the country quite frankly the world and tell them move to louisiana I've got infrastructure that you can depend on. I've got people that are ready to work. They're coming out of the school system. You can partner in the school system. That is the number one incentive that industries are looking for right now. They just want people. That's why I'm so focused on education reform being a key piece of that. The other piece is our tax code. Look, even if you if you want to cut the income tax or not, and you know where I stand on that, I just mentioned it, the truth is we have a complicated tax system. We have to make it much easier, and that's why it's important to lower those tax rates using these, these exemptions and credits that aren't necessary and simplify, you know, change the collection process so small businesses aren't buried in red tape. Those are things you can do that can really create growth. And the good news is the South is right now in a Southern economic renaissance. We're already being looked at. We're just missing the boat mm -hmm. because we can't provide the people and we can't provide the, uh, the, the realistic tax code. We tweak those things. We're off and running. We're competitive on day one. As governor, I will put those things in place, and I will get us back in the game on economic growth. Stephen Wagesback, thank you so much for your time. Good luck to you, sir. Thanks, guys. Hope to see you soon. I'll be up there before you know it. Thank you, Wags. Holler at us. Mm -hmm. 1017 right, FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Hey. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. We've got Mayor Tom Arsenault going to be talking with us coming up 
Uh, information on Fairgrounds Field. What's the latest going on there? And crime in Shreveport. Can the mayor do anything? We'll talk to him at uh, 809. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Key. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. We're apparently in for some shortages at the grocery store. Yeah, I hate to see Is this, this supply chain what 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 now? I know and I you know Come we had on. The, we had the um toilet paper, we had uh, damn Democrats eggs, we had milk. I you know I I'm a little bummed to see and you can see it at keelnews.com. They're talking about uh, 13 shortages that we could be seeing this year throughout the year. Now, and, now some of them, I you know, champagne, <laughs> a yeah. shortage of champagne. Okay, makeup, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah you I, can I'm not really. Uh, there's a bunch of them I don't like, though. Quite frankly, the beer shortage? That's not good. That's, oh, beef. that's not good? Not good. No. Beef. beef. Beef, not good. Not no. good. Butter. We need butter. Okay, but... According to it was poor weather and orange plant diseases that have caused shortages in oranges. So it's not all one cause. No, it's not not they can't get the trucks. Um there's lots of different things. Beef beef is a problem because of uh, a shortage of beef because a drought in Texas so they didn't have enough grass okay. to feed the cattle. So not as much cattle for you know beef cutting them up. Didn't I just say that? For having beef. Okay, this is... <laughs> I'm sorry, cows. <laughs> Pet food. Yeah. Now, this is odd. I think I think somebody may be trying to create a list here. Uh, which I, yeah, I don't like this at all. I because really don't. Because they're saying it's not an actual shortage of the pet food itself, but rather aluminum that's used in the manufacturer of the cans. My, yeah. my pet food is is in a bag. Mine too. It's in a huge bag. But you and I, you know, people. There are people that I know that only feed their pets canned food. When I was growing up, my my, my good friend across the street, and I ate at their house as much as he, his mom was like my mom, mm-hmm. my second mom. Okay, but they had a dog. It was one of those. It was a poodle named Toby. Okay. Okay. And first of all, I'm a dog person. I've never not had a dog in my life except when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I've had dogs all my life. Yes. I love dogs, okay? I hated this dog. <laughs> this dog. Still rotten? I would walk in the door. And it's not like the dog didn't know me. I was like a third brother in yes, the house. Yes, right. Okay? Immediately come after it in my ankle and, and just... And, oh. and I just... I wouldn't kick it, but I'd slide him across the yeah. floor. <laughs> And all she fed him, they owned a grocery store. Oh, goodness. Bologna. <gasps> cut up bologna. And not water, Aaron. Coke in his water bowl. In his water bowl. Well, no wonder he's hostile. <laughs> Coke in his water bowl. Bologna and Coke? <laughs> so a, a dog food shortage wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't have bothered Toby. <laughs> this list also has pasta on it, which really should, that should be illegal. We we need we need the president needs to get me my pasta and ice cream. 
You cannot have a shortage of ice cream. My wife will, you, you, if you put butter on this list. Butter's on the list. I know, and, and she's, no. She's not not going to be gonna, happy. Not going to have it. Now, don't run out and buy up all the ice cream and I all know, the pasta. Right. Please. I think this is going to ease up. They're going to be maybe a week or so where you're going to have a little bit of an issue with a couple of them, and then right, it'll fix where's, itself. Where's Rusty? Eggs. <laughs> Eggs are on the list. Eggs back on the list. And the egg prices are they coming they're coming down a little bit. I've seen them dropping a little bit, but they're still very high. And milk price is still very high. You know, I've been buying I buy a gallon of milk cuz my son I don't I'm not a milk drinker. Don't like it. But I buy oh, it cuz my love son milk. loves it. And love milk. He had to, we were running low. And I noticed he went and bought some milk the other day. Oh. Oh, he didn't buy a gallon. He bought one of the little half gallons <laughs> cuz he realized how expensive it is. Yeah. Well, if you're not drinking it, then, you know. Yeah, exactly. Have you so, tried organic milk? Oh, yes. Oh, that's all we buy. So good. It it, it lasts longer, mm -hmm. and it's so much better. It is absolutely a game changer, no, no doubt about it. So I'm hoping these shortages won't be long, that it'll all come back, and it won't be a problem. But you never know, and everything's got a different reason for why we're short. Right. It's not just supply chain issues. No, it's not. Absolutely Tom Arsenault, Mayor, going to join us after the uh, 8 o'clock news. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. We were talking about grocery store shortages, including eggs, basics, butter, milk, beef. Mm -hmm. uh, on the Shreveport Security Systems message board, you were lamenting the shortage of pasta. Yeah. First of all, do you think these are really going to, I mean, are you going to go into Brookshire's <laughs> or Albertsons and not be able to find your pasta? No, I'll find what I, I mean, want. Right. Or a, or a suitable substitute if they don't have the brand how, I love. How many times do you go into the grocery store and buy steaks or ground beef? You know, mm -hmm. you probably got stuff in the freezer. I mean, it's not yeah. like, I, I, I'm not, well, anyway. I'm be okay. Uh, one of the messages says a lot of pasta is made here at Shreveport Macaroni Factory downtown. Very cool. Is that still active? I knew there was one as you were coming down... Um, out of downtown mm -hmm. by Millennium uh, Studios. Yeah, is it still there? Is, is it that, still up is and that going? still up and going? I, I don't did, know. I Good question. That. Did not realize that. Shortages of beef and other animals affect pet food. <laughs> what do y'all think the dog and the protein in dog food is made of? <laughs> Garbanzo beans. <laughs> yeah. When you ask somebody who's a vegan, where do you get your protein? They laugh at you because they're like, there's protein in lots of other things other than meat. They find it, you know, people that oh, don't eat absolutely. any of it, they find it in all kinds of stuff. And they and it's bean, a lot of beans, a lot of le legumes. Is that how you say the word? Legumes? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> beef is the, meat is yeah. the best way to get it. Yes, it, it, uh, it is. People will disagree that don't like to eat meat. Or I have one lady who Well, has, they're wrong. She is in her 60s. <laughs> She's never had meat in her life. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Ever in her life. I, I don't believe that. If it has eyes, she's never eaten it. Nope. Don't I believe know. it. I know. 
She swears by it. You know, she says, that's what I eat. That's all I eat. you're a liar, but I yeah. just don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's hard to do. Now, I've tried says, occasionally just to lay off meat for a little while. It's hard to do. Now, it's somebody really goes, I've never smoked a cigarette. Okay, I can believe that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Yeah, I can believe that. But you're you're going to tell me you went through elementary school, you know, your whole mm-hmm. life, and you didn't eat the chicken fried steak on the block, or, or <laughs> at some nuggets. point, or the chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. or, or the pizza, or the pepperoni on the. You're going to tell know. me you didn't eat meat. I just don't believe it. I know it's it it, it is it is difficult, but swears by it and says much healthier because of it you know people that are vegan they're gonna sometimes they're a little bit too much in your face but most of them are well, you know just... how much healthier she could be if she ate meat <laughs> i mean you could even be healthier oh lord <laughs> mayor tom marchino joining us after eight o'clock mike and mccarty 1017 fm 710 keel One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault. Tom, good morning, happy Friday, and happy birthday to your lovely wife. Yeah, well, thank you very much. We've uh, we've enjoyed a good birthday morning celebration. Well, good. We we know uh, that the the contract for Fairgrounds Field demolition has been put on hold. Can you tell us the latest on why and what's going on there? Well, because of the pending litigation, we were incurring delay damages uh, to the contractor, and we just decided to cut that off. So that contract has been canceled. Okay, you still owe them part of what they did. They did some work, obviously, so you'll have to pay them something. Um, yes. Are you all going to come to an agreement with them, you hope? I, I think I think we have. That's something that Ms. Regal, uh, Ms. Regal handled in uh, somewhere in the $330,000 range. So do you hire a new contractor to finish the work? What, what's your goal? What's the plan? Uh, right now, the plan is to wait and see. Wait for what? Uh, primarily wait to see whether the, the, uh, the rev deal uh, pops up and, and, uh, and gets done. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that was one of our next questions, as a matter of fact. Rev Entertainment has proposed to come in and uh, take over the, that area and build a new stadium. What is the latest on, on their news? We're there proceeding with their plans, uh, which are, I have to tell you, really exciting. And we're proceeding on feasibility and financing. Okay, financing would be, I would assume, uh, a, a bond issue of some sort, but maybe not going to the voters, but a publicly secured bond. Is that what you're looking at? There would there would have to be some kind of public financing here, and uh, and we're looking estimating in the range of seventy five million dollars. It's a big project, uh, but not something I would want to use general obligation bonds and uh, property taxes to back. Uh, we. We have too many needs. Uh, I'm anticipating perhaps next year uh, asking the voters to approve uh, bonding for a number of different projects, but those really need to be uh, real streets and drainage and and uh, you know less sexy things than than this. And if we can locate a means of financing this that does not jeopardize 
our ability to build the infrastructure that we uh, have needed in the city for a long time, then it's something that we can look at seriously. Rev, when they were in town, were really not even talking about Fairgrounds Field. They were talking about other space at the fairgrounds. And But now that you will, – will you include in their deal, hey, y'all got to take care of that, whatever that is going to happen with that part of the property too. That's obviously going to be a part of it now. Yeah, that property would be part of it, but the stadium, the existing stadium would not. So it's going to be torn down anyway, but you may put that as part of their deal, that part of your deal is to tear it down and and get it where you need it. We haven't we haven't gotten to those quite gotten to those stages yet, but yes, it will it however it happens, it will have to go away. So what are what are you you're talking about the city is going to be obligated to uh, help finance the new stadium that's going to be built. What can you give us any figures? What are we looking at? How are we going to generate that revenue? Well, we're actually uh, very shortly going to seek to engage a, uh, a consulting firm that does this kind of work to look at feasibility and give us ideas on financing. And there are some other financing ideas that are out there that are not fully baked yet, so they're not ready to take out the oven. Also, Rev Entertainment's coming to the table with money on this as well. But would, would it be a city-owned venue and Rev would run it, management bring manage it, bring a team in. Is that is that the direction they're moving? Uh, it's possible that there would be some combination ownership. The stadium, the stadium would belong to the city as we envision it now. All of those details are all part of putting the package together, Aaron. So I, I wouldn't say that we have a definite idea on all of those things at, at the moment. But I do think that Rev is intending to make some capital improvements uh, a little bit further down the line and what the ownership of those improvements will be we don't know yet timetable do you do you have something in your brain that you would like to see you know a, a contract uh a, a, what is it an mou or whatever with rev um i i would i would like to see it before the uh before the summer is over and uh you know perhaps before that things seem to be moving fairly quickly and uh they're making some further investigation. Uh, I'm convinced that they are the real deal, and they really do want to come here based on the work and the amount of money that they're already spending on it. So that's very encouraging to me. But we still have to figure out uh, what we're, what the source of financing will be and, and how that will affect the rest of the city's budget and the rest of the city's citizens. Mayor Arsenault, can you stay with us and we, uh, and talk crime when we get back? Is that okay? I didn't pre-warn you about this. Sure. All right, cool. Sure. Talking with Mayor Tom Arsenault, Mikey McCarty. We'll be back after the break. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Hey. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us. Tom, we're going to shift our focus a little bit to crime. And I know you've got some priorities. You've been working with the chief and with many others. What are some concrete things you as the mayor are doing to try to get a handle on it? I mean, it's a tough, tough chore. 
Well, the first thing we're doing is uh, trying to get, uh, to increase the cooperation among the various jurisdictions that have something to do with the problem. It seems to me that uh, we have some gang issues that we need to be on top of, and uh, and also a tremendous number of illegal gun uh, issues. They're just uh, virtually every one of these homicides has been committed with a gun that shouldn't have been there, and uh, trying to get those off the street as quickly as we can, and let people know that the possession of those guns carries with it uh, some very heavy penalties. So uh, I'm hoping to be meeting in the next uh, in the next while with uh, representatives of various governmental agencies that have some degree of control over these to see what kind of coordinated act, uh, actions might might be taken to reduce the number of streets and to identify these people uh, who are likely to uh, to commit. Uh, commit these acts. Uh, most of the acts have been actions and then retributions and, and the, the people that are involved uh, unfortunately know each other. And if they know each other, then other people in the community know who they are. We need to be keeping a careful eye on those people while still satisfying their constitutional rights. And a lot of these folks, Mayor, are young people. I mean, we're talking teenagers here. Um, yeah. or even younger than that. Um, we have to do something in other phases of their life, too, to try to figure out why they're turning to crime. Well, I have been meeting with, uh, with officials at SPAR to kick back up uh, uh, youth programs uh, at SPAR that kind of went down with COVID and, and, and had trouble getting back up. But that's something that we need to be looking at to give the younger kids uh, particularly an avenue that's positive uh, for their uh, leisure activity. And uh, that's something that we need to, to spring back up, and that's what we're working on. And we talked to Shelly Ragel yesterday about the pools, and y'all. And I'm, I'm glad to see y'all are working on that early. But some of them are, are, are open only like four hours a day. And that to me would be like, I know you have the, and she, she explained you have the water aerobics and swim lessons that are going on in part of the day, but it would, it would seem like it would be a decent idea to look at maybe longer hours for those pools to be open for the kids to give them something to do. Uh, and other things, you know, gym activities, et cetera. You're, you're working on all of that, right? We are. And are, are, is it a funding issue? For some of them, I mean, I know, I know our budget is short. That it, to pay for some of these programs costs money. I don't, I, I don't think it's as much a funding issue as a volunteer issue. We need people to volunteer. That we need to, they, we run back background checks on people. It's not as easy to get volunteers to work with kids as it used to be, uh, just because people have to go through a lot of things before they're really allowed to work with children. Okay. And uh, that, that's true in the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a serious issue, and people pay careful attention to it. Last thing we want is to have some, have some impropriety happen because, because we didn't make the right check. And we and, and to be honest, when you say it's hard to get volunteers, it's hard to get school teachers today. I mean, you're, you're you know you're paying a decent salary. People, the, the dealing with children right now is tough. It's not the same as when you and I were youngsters. Right. No, you're you're 100 percent right. It's just you know everything about it is a little bit more difficult. But that's the, that's the challenge of today, and we got to meet that challenge. We know the Shreveport Police Department is down 130-some-odd police officers. Um, 
part of the reason that they're leaving is better pay in other departments. Is there anything we can do to help increase the pay and get more people and beef up our patrol units? The short run looks a little dismal there. Uh, our pay is comparable to the folks in the region. The, the people that leave that go to places like Frisco or Plano, they're leaving for double. And uh, there's, I don't see any foreseeable uh, uh, arrangement where we're able to double their pay. Um, so they're, we're looking at other issues, uh, trying to find out if there are cities who have had bonus situations in place for a number of years <clears throat> to try and find out, excuse me, <clears throat> to try and find out if those are working long term. Um, it, it sometimes makes sense to throw money in matter, but if you can find out whether it's working somewhere and whether the money is worth it, that's, that's worthwhile. We haven't, we haven't found that yet. Most of that is fairly new. Uh, but I know that, for example, I know that Baton Rouge is offering sign-on bonuses and transfer bonuses. And uh, it seems to me that retention bonuses, uh, to the extent that they're constitutional, are another thing that we can that we can look at to retain our police officers. Talking with Tom Arsenault, mayor of Shreveport. Tom, uh, another kind of bone of contention, if you will, for fiscal responsibility is the 13% pay raise that was initiated during the last administration. And we know that was a one-time funding. Um, how, how are you going to address that when that runs out? How are you? That's not sustainable. What we're trying to do is to ease into, ease into those uh, issues with uh, between this year's budget, we'll have some amendments in later March, uh, this year's budget, and then next year's budget with the idea that by 2025, we will be planning to spend as much as or less than the dollars that we intend to take in. The next two years project uh, dipping into that operating reserve significantly. Mm -hmm. now, it's a substantial reserve, but but we need to be uh, we need to be preserving it rather than dipping into it. So uh, this year's budget, uh, the budget passed by the previous administration and council, uh, shows uh, I think about ten million dollars being spent above what we're intending to take in. The budget gets balanced because of the operating reserve that was available at the end of the year. Our projection is we may have to do some of that in 2024, but the goal is to stabilize the budget, and by that I mean having a budget where we're spending what we're taking in as opposed to dipping into operating reserve. One last thing. Um, the previous administration also used, I believe, American Rescue Fund money to buy a, a, a ton of cameras. I think it was 90 cameras for putting up in our high crime neighborhoods but it was slow going putting those cameras up uh, and you talked about you were going to speed that up and move along on that where are we with regard to getting those cameras up that's a big part of the crime fighting effort i know well it is unfortunately all of those cameras that were purchased are uh, do not meet the federal guidelines for that use and so they we have to get those down and order new cameras wait a minute oh, are, you are you kidding my gosh so what can we use them for? What can we use them for? I don't, I don't think they're useful for anything because they're capable of being hacked into. Oh, no. When did you find that out? And, and do we just give them back? What do we do? 
we probably uh, eat them or sell them for scrap of some some kind because we don't think they're worth. We're looking at what our alternatives are there, but the cameras that the city put up uh, are, are cameras that we we cannot keep up. So we're going to have to have new cameras put up, and we're in the process of visiting with vendors about those. How did you well, discover the, that? The, the administration that just keeps on giving. Yeah, how did you discover this? <laughs> and I'm not well, talking we were, about you, Tom. We were we were looking at them and uh, and determined that they they just didn't meet the standards, and uh, as a result, somebody could have gotten the information uh, that was being recorded by those and done something dastardly with it. We decided that was not an appropriate thing. We learned about this about a month to six weeks ago. So the cameras at Ford Park, at AC Steer, the ones that were put up downtown, you're going to take them down? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Tom Arsenault, Mayor Shreveport. Thanks for your time. More on that to come, I'm sure. Uh, absolutely right. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. Have a great weekend. Thank you all very much. I enjoyed being with you. You bet. Thank you. Bye-bye. 101.7 Bye. FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Uh, the MC or the host Fun. or the yeah the person that they originally wanted Bristol couldn't do it mm -hmm. and then they tried somebody else couldn't do it and then uh, they yeah tried tried some third one yeah do I was it. I, yeah so number five yeah and and they were paying the other people I have to pay them <laughs> you have to pay I have them. to pay admission but the and everything gumbo oh my goodness. <laughs> It, it is a great fundraiser for Volunteers for Youth Justice. Volunteer, yes, Volunteers for the Youth Casa Justice. They fund the CASA program. It's a great program. If you want gumbo, tomorrow. And who doesn't love gumbo? Yeah, absolutely. And there are all kinds going to be available. Mm -hmm. I'm looking, this is my first time to, to be, uh, be hosting everything and oh. actually go down there. Oh, it's great. So I was I'm, a judge for a long time, and, and it, oh, man, that stuff's good. I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. uh, Mayor Arsenault. He's drunk on us. Boy, he dropped a bomb. He, yeah. I don't think he even realized it. Uh, we'll talk, I think he does. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I think he does now. Yeah. We'll talk about that next. Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM. Seven. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Also a free download by the way from Office Furniture Source. It's the Keel News app. Download it on your uh, local app store and uh, you can that's where you connect with us too on the message board. What a cluster. We spoke with Mayor Tom Arsenault earlier this morning, uh, and one of the questions that we asked him was the cameras, there were still cameras that needed to be installed. They've installed some of these cameras that they bought during mm -hmm. the previous administration. Yeah, they had how American many, Rescue Fund money for it. And how many did they buy? Do you remember, Tony? Ninety. Ninety cameras. Ninety cameras. They'd already put some in uh, Texas Street. They put some near Ford Park. They put some at AC Steer, and they were connecting them to the real-time crime center. Councilmember Tabitha Taylor got a measure passed a couple of weeks ago urging the mayor to speed up the installation of the rest of these cameras. We've been kind of dragging our feet. So we asked Mayor Arsenault, how is that speeding up process going? Are we getting those other cameras installed? Aaron, what did he say? <laughs> uh, no, we're taking them down. 
the, they don't meet the criteria for which the government funding was made available for because those cameras could be hacked into. So those 90 cameras, to the tune of uh, well over $100 of city money, now... Well, federal money. I know. Well, okay. Yeah. Still. My money. Uh, exactly. Your money. Worthless. He said scrap them. Scrap them. We have to throw them out. Can't even turn around and put them on eBay, I guess. Sell them for scrap. This, this is unbelievable. This the level of incompetence. We've talked about this before. The previous administration... First of all, they were putting them on poles that they didn't have permission to put them on. Mm-hmm. The, and then the, the This the is mind-boggling. Then you had the IT guy come in and say that the, the, the box he was using was too small for the cables that were connected to the cameras, so they were having to reconfigure the boxes. They were, it was a cluster from jump, and now it is a double-triple cluster off the high dive. Now the, 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 we can't even use the cameras that we bought. The brand new. There are cameras still, still in boxes. Been, haven't even been opened yet. Mike, we've got three on Texas Street, three at Ford Park. I guess three, perhaps at AC Steer. Maybe a couple of others have been put up that I don't know about. But the rest of the ninety cameras are trash. We can't use them. I, Aaron, I, I'm at a loss. <laughs> I am too. I, I can't even. I can't even imagine this level of incompetence. How do you not know you can't use the money for that, that these cameras don't have, you don't have the security you need on them to keep people from hacking? I just, I'm mind boggled by this. I don't understand it. And he just dropped that, he just dropped that bombshell right at the end of that interview. Right, so we didn't have time to pursue it any further. I know, we will. Like, are we going to now purchase 90 more? Brand new cameras? We don't have the money. So now that that whole system is, is going to be... Is toast. As far as we know at this moment. And they were all going to be hooked up to the real-time crime center, and it... Oh, gosh. Game changer for crime fighting? Toast. I'm sorry. My blood pressure. Uh, I, Where's same my meds? Here. Same here. Or I, my tequila. One of two. <laughs> I need to go get that uh, maker's yeah. mark, put it in our coffee. We're going to need it. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and... One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. If, and I know Ruben's not listening. He's on but like <laughs> you said earlier, it that better be some good uh, yeah. macaroni and cheese. Truffle buddy. mac and cheese, I'm telling you. I have stubbed my toe. I've lost four toes this morning. Four Aaron's toes today, cut, yeah. Cut my toes off. Whack a doodle the toes. Okay, speaking of which, are you going to be at work on time Monday morning? <laughs> <laughs> I got to change the clock, right? Yes, we so I'm changed losing the an clock hour of sleep. this weekend. Okay. Daylight saving time. There's no S on that, by the way. Yeah, okay. Daylight saving, which you know, and I, absolutely you, yeah. in your newscast, I, I, I just little thumbs up in my heart every mm. time I hear you say it correctly. Right. Um, so we we spring forward, 
at 2 a.m. or whatever. So I'm going to get Sunday up at 2 a.m. and go no, change my you clocks. You don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. No. They all change themselves now for the Pretty most much. part, except change, for the micro. I have to change the one in my stove in the kitchen. Yep. I can, and I still have some analog clocks in the house. I don't. We've got a, we've got a clock in our bedroom that was a wedding present, Aaron. Oh, nice. This is crazy, and it's still... Oh wow, great. that's cool. I didn't change it last fall. Yeah. <laughs> I left it. I said, <laughs> so okay, it's good to go. That's the time right there. Yeah. So I'm good to go on that one. I'm a little worried cuz Sunday night, uh you know, I might be glued to the Oscars not, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> And I no. might stay up too late cuz they always go late. Who's hosting Kimmel's hosting this year? Oh, there's another reason for me not to tune in. Is anyone going to get slapped this year? Wow. I don't know. It was a year ago. I told you I watched Chris Rock's Netflix special. I'm not not impressed. I wasn't not not impressed. I wanted to see the Will Smith stuff at the end, which was good, and and worth seeing. But the middle of the the beginning and the middle of the not impressed. I told you I've got Gumbo Gladiators. Mm -hmm. I'll be at. uh, uh, Festival Plaza all day, pretty much all day tomorrow. It's going to be a blast. What about you? I'm going to be pooling, swimming. I'm going to be, my son and I are going to go do something. We may come down to Gumbo. I'm not sure. Please do. Um, we're looking forward to just kind of a relaxing weekend. I'm hoping it's a beautiful weekend. May do a little bike ride. I'm, I don't know. I haven't decided that yet. I got to decide how, you know, how the arm's feeling before I want to get on a bike. My doctor's going, no, you're not. Right. You're not bike riding yet. So but, Okay. Now, how's that going? You seem to be moving pretty well. I have two more weeks in the sling, and I have a I have the new pulley thing that I have to use, where I have to pull it up and down. The arm up. So still no raising. Still no up above the shoulder. So um, I need you to come over Saturday evening and put my hair in a ponytail. Can you do that? I saw a video. A guy (laughs) put a put a scrunchie on the tube of Uh the vacuum cleaner. Just a tube. It had the vacuum cleaner and his little daughter, and he. Pulled her oh, hair into wow. the vacuum cleaner and then just <laughs> pulled the scrunchie up and her hair was in a beautiful pony. I am not <laughs> trying that. I'm not trying that. Oh, by the way, genius. Keelnews.com. A GeekCon tickets go on sale today. So if you're going to be with us in August for GeekCon, get your greatest deals right now on those tickets. So that that's Bob Lilly from event. the Dallas Cowboys. Oh man, and Irene Bedard. You don't know who that is, do you? No. I fell in love with her in the movie. There's an independent film called Smoke Signals yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's an American Indian actress, but she was the voice of Pocahontas. Oh, cool. Disney's Pocahontas. She's yeah. coming. It's going to be a big coming. event. Yeah. Lots of fun. Have tickets, a great tickets weekend. Tickets go on sale today. You bet. You too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Friday. Oh, no. Ruben, get your <laughs> 101.7 FM 17.